Welcome to TOSB Conversation Starters. For today's episode, we decided to break down the concept of bias with inclusion champion and DEI expert Shruti Swaroop. Listen on as she sheds light on how to make people aware of their biases and shares simple and easy exercises you can try with your own teams. So Shruti, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Shreya. Pleasure to be here. We are very excited about this conversation and especially about the surprise exercises that you're going to run with me. I'm equally nervous, but uh, fully excited. So, but starting with a few basic concepts, because, you know, there are a lot of terms floating around. We talk about so many DEI related terms, but, you know, sometimes we do not know the actual definition or how to distinguish one from the other. So it's great that we have you here. So I'll start with the first one. Like, what is the connection between biases and equity? Uh, Let me start from the very basic. So as humans, we all have biases. It's but natural. It's not that they are bad. They happen. And there's a reason. Our brain takes in more than 11 million pieces of information on any given moment. It's practically not possible for the brain to process that amount of information. So what the brain does is it creates shortcuts in the mind, which makes it easy for us to process. Now, these shortcuts come from our upbringing. So if you have seen a family where the mother is a homemaker, your brain creates a shortcut shortcut that says that women are homemakers or men are supposed to be um, the breadwinners or children are not supposed to answer back. Or so. It just the, how the brain functions. It just wants to make its life easy. Mm-hmm. If you've been in a religious family, you would wa- you you end up believing that it's normal to have a lot of religious activity in the house, and anybody who is not religious is not an, is not a nice person. So, depending on the narrative you've heard at home from your early education, uh, from people who are teaching you, so the first I think eight ten years is about Picking up those narratives and uh, creating that um, that narrative in your head, that particular belief system. Now, when that happens, as we grow up in the second half, you know, of, of your growing up, which is from about ten to about eighteen or twenty or young adults, where we start cementing those thought processes. So, again, if I have a belief about religion or gender or money. I will look for it and I'll further cement it. As we grow up, whenever we see something, your brain just puts it in those buckets based on our upbringing and you start believing, okay, this is how it is, this is how it is. So people from a very Ivy League um, college or people who are from a premier institute, they are very intelligent. Or someone who's not from a premier institute is possibly not intelligent. So there are those biases as well. Um, We have bias about the way people dress up. Someone who's very well dressed, is is an intelligent or a smart or someone who, who who has the right attitude and if someone is not nicely dressed the person possibly doesn't know his or her work so we form those buckets um so that is but natural for the for the brain to have and that is one part which is of bias now those biases lead to a certain thought process where we where we start forming stereotypes that all men are like this, all women are like this, all premier institutes are like this, all um, you know rich people are like this, all poor people are like this. And there is there is all kinds of diversity, right? Age, gender, education, 
um political affiliation religion sexual orientation um backgrounds location so and everything as in in fact i always say this that we are all diverse in our own way two siblings in the same house are also diverse so there is if nothing else there's cognitive diversity which means uh, diversity or differences in the way you think now you have biases and we are all different those are two things that we've established now equity is a third word that we have um so we so we spoke about biases we spoke about diversity we spoke about stereotypes um now equity i uh let me make this very simple for you if you had 25 apples and you have five people how would you divide those apples in with, between those five people i mean if i don't know other parameters or circumstances then the simple answer would be five each correct and that's what you know very basic maths question that we used to have when we were in grade 2 or grade 3 five people five apples each everyone gets equal numbers and that's that is what is equality mm-hmm. <clears throat> now think about it you have five people one of them already sitting with five apples the other four have nothing mm-hmm. and you have 25 apples and someone has said that everyone should get equal at the end of it what will you do how will you divide those 25 apples yeah then i'll obviously give less less five ap- apples to the person one and then divide uh, amongst the other four correct because now you're doing you're distributing your apples on the basis of what pe- a person needs yeah that is equity when the when the benefits we provide to others or the way we look at others is based on their needs rather than on the fact that everything has to be given equally that is what is equity and that can come in only if we understand our biases our stereotypes and the fact that everyone is different because unless we understand that we will always look at people from the lens of equality saying okay let's just distribute whatever i have but when you understand that you could all or you may not operate out of equality you may say i don't want to give it to somebody else because you don't even understand that that person already has those five apples you don't understand the privilege so it's important for people to understand bias stereotypes diversity to have an equitable environment we need to first understand the privilege i think that's that's the word before yes. distributing yeah Yeah. Yes. And in fact, you know, um we we speak a lot about privileges within organizations where we say that um in my workshops I always say this. Most of us don't realize that we come from a point of privilege. Um True. we we all you know, it's very easy for me to say that I'm underrepresented because I'm a woman, but at the end of the day I have some privilege against somebody else. I'm an educated woman sitting in an urban environment uh reasonably well off economically uh, well educated um, so yeah i have privilege against uh, m- among so many others so thanks for that clarity uh, shruti and also you know there is another term which is intersectional diversity so what is that and how does it affect our biases let me um, put that back on you can you define who you are for me shreya if i ask you to give me um, Ten adjectives that define you. About if if I were to ask Shreya, tell me who you are. How would you define yourself? How would you introduce yourself? I mean, a mix of adjectives and nouns. I am a woman. I'm a mother. I'm a professional. I'm a wife. I I am I I'm a business head. I love to travel, 
and I'm a daughter, of course. I belong to uh, I belong to Punjab. I like to paint. Yeah, these are the few things that come to my mind. Great. Uh, so what you're also telling me is that you're a sum total of various identities. That's right. That is exactly what intersectional diversity is. We are not and humans cannot be bucketed in one category saying all women are the same or all men are the same or all people from a particular economic background are the same or all people in a particular age are the same. Any kind of diversity we, we could be talk, speaking about. Uh, intersectional diversity says that we are a sum total of various kinds of diversities that come together to create who we are. Mm-hmm. And hence, when an organization is focusing on our needs uh, from the perspective of equity, one needs to focus on that aspect of who Shruti or Shreya is. Mm-hmm. So my need for uh, the privileges or the benefits or, or the way I am treated in an organization will be very different from the way you will be treated within an organization, even though in the bigger umbrella, we are both mothers, daughters, women, um, working professionals, educated, so on and so forth. And intersectional diversity, uh, understanding intersectional diversity is very important because, um, in fact, we've recently uh, released a paper on uh, gender and socioeconomic background, intersectionality of that. On one hand, we say that women are given less opportunities because of, um, you know, the way they are seen or the or the way people believe the roles they may get or the roles they may do justice to. The moment you add the intersectional part of it, uh, which is, say, socioeconomic, um, the fact that women get even less opportunities comes into play. So access to education. Um, my my maid's daughter, she she was doing her second year of education when she fell and they didn't have access to money and they didn't have access to medical facilities. So she had to leave her education. And uh, now they've reached a stage where they're now thinking, OK, you know, two years might as well get her married off. Now, suddenly somebody who was about to be a graduate mm. has not even finished her education and will get married off and will possibly leave, live the same kind of life that her mother was living. So those aspects come into play um, when we talk about intersectional diversity. And that is exactly where I think um, equity comes into play. And we need to play, pay a bigger importance to that aspect when we are looking at um, how we treat people within organization or how we provide benefits to people within organizations. So this is very interesting. And, you know, more often we we ourselves don't realize what kind of biases we are surrounded with or what kind of biases we believe in. So how do you create awareness of biases in people? Interesting question. Um, you know, we typically, um, almost everyone, Every workshop, and I have now done so many of those um, workshops, speaking events, panel discussions. Everyone asks me the same question, and I have this very interesting thing. Let me ask you this again. Mm-hmm. If I were to ask you to create a list of people who you would invite to a party at home, who do you think were the people would be in that list? Okay, um, that will be family, friends, colleagues mostly. People you know, people you spend time with. Yeah people I've grown up with, people I've attended the same academic institution with or people at work or neighbors. 
Why won't you invite a stranger? I won't. I mean, uh, you are asking me to invite a stranger. I probably, <laughs> now that I'm thinking, I won't even invite a person who I don't know very well. So right. mostly, you know, if I'm inviting, if it's a house party, yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking now, I've never invited somebody who I'm not very comfortable with, who I don't know very well. And why do you think you do that? Probably because uh, I want to be, I want to be at my natural self. Because if I invite somebody who's who I'm not very well acquainted with, I I have to be very formal, and I don't like being formal. And why do you think that someone you don't know will make you uncomfortable? Maybe the person is going to make you comfortable from the word go. That's how we meet strangers, right? At 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 an airport on a flight. Yeah, because you know, if I go and if I attend parties outside my house, if I'm invited to a party, I definitely go meet new people, right. and some of them end up being friends. But if I'm sitting down to make a list, so maybe some people do that. I generally don't invite people who I'm not very comfortable with. My idea of party is to have people like me around me, if that's what you're getting at. (laughs) No, no, I'm not forcing you to invite strangers. (laughs) Uh, No, what I'm trying to get at is that most of us like to be with people or surround ourselves with people who are like us, who are familiar to us or people who uh, have something in common. My question always then comes to why do you think the brain does that? And your answer to that is because you like to be in your comfort zone. My question again to that is why do you think the brain likes to be in a comfort zone? Why doesn't the brain like to challenge itself? I think uh, somewhere we feel that, you know, we'll be judged by people who don't know us very well. Aren't we also judging people without knowing them? And hence, we are saying they may make us uncomfortable. Probably, yeah. So, um, you know, I that is one of the things I always ask people that if you are uncomfortable or if you are judging people even without knowing them and meeting them, are you operating out of a sense of bias or are you operating out of your own sense of survival or are you just operating out of how the world operates? I think a little bit of all that you said because all of this actually, you know, governs the mind. True. Um, a great way of knowing why we are, whether we are biased or not is actually creating that list and figuring out, will I be comfortable if I call a complete stranger that I met at on a flight or I met in an airport, I had a good two-hour conversation on the flight with the person, will I be able to call that person home? Maybe yes, maybe no. And the answer may not be that I'm biased. The answer could just be that I'm not comfortable, which is fine. But it's worth thinking about why everybody we call to our party why 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 is everyone so similar to each other every time i walk into a party why is it that i tend to stand with people who are like me in some way or the other why is it that my entire friend circle is very similar to each other now let me since you asked me how do you help people identify biases let me also um will, will you do a little bit of an exercise do you have a pen and a paper with you sure yeah i do okay Can you write a list of 10 people you trust, 10 people you're very close to? Anybody uh, from your college days, school days, first job, maids, drivers, anyone? People you trust? Yeah, done. Done? You're possibly the fastest person to write the name of 10 people, I have to tell you. On most occasions, people tell me we can't even think of more than three people we can trust. Probably I can't think beyond 10. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> against these people can you write their age or what you think their age is their gender 
their education, their economic status and their professional status. So five things about each one of them. Age, gender, education, economic status, professional status. And economic status, you can say same as me, better than me, worse than me. Same way about professional status, you know, someone in the same role as where I am. Okay, done. You're really fast. <laughs> okay. Now, do you see any patterns in that? Yeah. Age group is, uh, I mean, barring the parents, age group is same for rest of the uh, group. It's similar, like, you know, um, mm -hmm. the other side of 40s. And uh, gender is mixed. Economic status is more or less similar. Mm -hmm. And professional status is, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, eight of them are working to our homemakers. So, so yeah, it's quite similar. Actually, um, further, you didn't ask me to write that. Uh, but four of us went to the same school. Great. So same background, educational background. Yeah. And if I possibly start talking about um, cities or hometowns, there'll be some similarities there also, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, eight, eight from Ludhiana. <laughs> exactly. There. Now, coming back to what we were talking about just before that, right? Our circle of trust, people we trust, have so much in common. Yeah. So why do you think you are not inviting people who are outside this these, these parameters? Why are you not inviting them in your circle? Why are you not exploring those people? I didn't feel the need, actually. It's not that I don't like people or I'm averse to meeting new people. I think uh, just didn't think about it. Given what you've just done in terms of this activity, do you think you will be a little more conscious about making friends or would you, would you like to change something or would you like to bring in at least one new person in your circle of trust? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was not aware of this bias. I mean, looking at this list, I'm just, you know, I'm laughing that, yeah, I've just been with people who have grown up with or who have given birth to me. So <laughs> now that I'm aware... I would definitely uh, like to see that, you know, if, if this is a bias, if this is some kind of insecurity or it's just that it didn't occur to me. So definitely I'll, I would like to explore. Yeah, the, th and thank you for saying that because the reasons could be many. I remember there was on a lighter side, there was this one session I did and uh, the gentleman was like, he created his list and he said, you know, Shruti, you should have done this six months back uh, with me, this activity. I said, why? He was like, I just got married six months back. Now my circle of trust is only men. Six months back, it, it was a more uh, e equal number of both <laughs> men and women. And then, you know, the, on the lighter side, you hear those statements as well. On the funnier side, on the serious side, you also have people saying that, Shruti, we've been in this role, especially in the public sector. We've been in this role for the last 20 years. So there's we cannot think about anybody around else except the people we are with. So our circle of trust will have the same kind of people. And so there would be many reasons why you have similar kind of people. And I'm okay with that, provided we know why we are doing that. And if bias is one of the reasons, um, and we, we know our reasons the best, right? So if bias is one of the reasons, I think we must take a step back and think, firstly, do we want to make a change? Yeah. Um, Secondly, if yes, then how can I do that? And no one's saying, you know, change the entire 10. Can I bring in only one more person into my list? Um, the one thing that happens is the more number of people you meet, your, your worldview changes, the way you look at um, 
everything from education to upbringing changes. Um, I do a lot of mentoring for women in um, Uganda and South Africa. And I realize that even though we are people from different parts of the world, the challenges they have and a couple of my mentor mentees have the same have children from the same age group as mine. And I realize that they have similar challenges the way I have. Yeah. So that worldview that we are all speaking the sim similar language, despite being in different parts of the world, I think will change the moment we um, look at people outside our image at 10 circle of trust. Sure. And if I understand you correctly, I think uh, what you're saying is that there is nothing wrong with the biases till the time we do not have a negative bias towards anyone. Yes, biases are natural. There's nothing wrong unless you take away an opportunity or somebody gets an opportunity that the person doesn't deserve. So this has been absolutely amazing. And uh, I mean, you have put me on the hot seat for the entire <laughs> episode, which has been which has been an amazing experience, I must say. So thank you, Shruti, uh, for being a part of our conversation starters on diversity, equity and inclusion. We hope our listeners have found this valuable. And if you would like to invite Shruti to your organization, reach out to our team. Keep following us for more thoughtful conversations with our leading experts out every fortnight on the TOSB podcast. Until next time, this is Shreya Pilani.